This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Back when I was in college going to music school, there was a running joke between me and some of my friends where we would, perhaps after practicing or playing a gig, proclaim that we had finally figured out the secret to jazz, right? What's a funny and a, and a funny statement, I guess you could say. But the reason we would say such a thing is because, you know, at times jazz can be a little bit befuddling, like confusing and frustrating, and feeling like you're stuck, and how do you improvise better? How do you get to the next level? How do you sound like your favorite jazz musicians? It would be so easy if there was just a secret, right? There must be some kind of secret out there that if you just knew this secret, everything would be easier. Well, that was just a joke back then, but on today's podcast episode, I'm actually taking it a little bit more seriously and sharing with you what I actually do believe today, years later, is the secret to jazz improvisation. So let's dig into it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We want musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. So excited to have you here on the podcast today. Um, so let's get right into it. The secret to jazz improvisation revealed. And the secret has two parts to it. Um, and without the, the two parts, the secret really isn't complete. Like the, the, the secret to improving your jazz improvisation really can't come together. There's these two elements that are critical. They have to play together in order for you to improve your jazz improvisation. And again, we call this a secret because jazz can sometimes feel very mysterious, right? Um, and, and of course, like on this podcast, we talk a lot about a, a, a ton of different strategies and, and some of which I'm going to talk about today based upon these two elements. Like I'm going to give you actual strategies to help you improve on these two elements of this secret here. Um, and, and all that's really good, right? But ultimately it really is a lot simpler. It really does in my opinion, come down to these two elements, right? So let's talk about them. So the first element, the first element of the secrets to jazz improvisation is being able to hear language in your head, okay? Being able to hear great ideas in your head. Um, So what I mean by that is you're able to hear the music that you would want to play in your head, on your instrument, right? And how do you know if you can hear the music, right? Well, you could just practice it right now. Like just stop for a second and start singing in your head or out loud a jazz solo, right? And so the content of which you're able to produce in your head, right? That's your jazz language. Like that's the vocabulary that you know, right? Now, again, like this is very, very much so not complete without the second part to this secret. 
right? It, it really is not even close to being complete without the second part. It needs it. But your ability to actually hear language in your head is really important, right? To hear it. It has nothing to do with reading it off of a piece of sheet music. It has nothing to do with your technical proficiency on your instrument. It has everything to do with can you hear the music, right? So if you can't hear the music in your head, if you can't hear great solo ideas in your head that you would want to play, that means we have some work to do. Again, so if your goal is to sound like Charlie Parker, but you can't really sing a Charlie Parker solo in your head, right? Or you can't play some of his lines in your head, right? That means you're not hearing it, right? That means you don't have that vocabulary. You're not able to hear that. So let's talk about some strategies for how to start improving that aspect of being able to hear the music in your head, right? And and sometimes, by the way, we refer to this as, as having good ears, which is kind of what I'm talking about, but really more specifically, it's just being able to actually hear music in your head. That's really, to me, what's super important. So the first strategy would be, obviously, to listen to lots of jazz, Right listen to lots of jazz. And this isn't, um, obviously this is a piece of advice that might seem a little obvious. However, there, this is really the easiest, funnest, um, and literally most important way that you can start hearing the music in your head is just simply by listening to jazz, right? Like listening to lots of albums. Um, when I was really in the trenches of studying jazz and trying to get better at it, right. When I was younger and and, and in college and, and stuff like that, like I didn't really even listen to a lot of other styles of music. Now, now I do, but I listened to just exclusively jazz because I just really wanted to get those sounds in my ear very deeply. Right. And so that's like the level one of listening is like, I'm listening to lots of jazz, lots of different styles of jazz, lots of different musicians, lots of different eras. Like the idea here is that you know lots of jazz albums. You've heard the style, like you could start pinning the styles of different musicians. Like, oh, I know that's Sonny Stitt versus Sonny Rollins, right? Um, I know that this is Wynton Kelly versus Bill Evans, right? Once you get to that level, that means you have a really deep understanding of the music and how people play, the way they phrase things. When you have that kind of critical listening, that means you're internalizing different aspects, different approaches to jazz. So you're going to hear the music in your head, right? And you're also going to start knowing more jazz standards without even having to have learned them on your instrument because... Now you're familiar with the different tunes that are being played, right? You're hearing It Could Happen to You on Miles Davis's uh, album, right? You're hearing a different version on another album. You're hearing all the things you are, like Bill Evans playing all the things you are, so on and so forth, right? You're hearing bebop heads that Charlie Parker played, and then you're hearing more modern versions of that bebop head being played. So this is how we start learning tunes. It's not it's not someone tells you, learn this tune, and then you go listen. Well, of course, that is a way to do it, but it's really the other way around. It's like, listen listen to lots of jazz, listen to lots of tunes. And so then when someone says, hey, um, can you learn My Romance, which is the tune we're studying in our Inner Circle membership this month, by the way, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I know that tune as far as you're familiar with it, right? And if you're familiar with the song in the first place, it's going to be so much easier to learn it than if you were starting from scratch, right? 
So the next level of, of listening, though, is to really start just getting into one album. Um, so for me, like Soul Station by Hank Mobley, that's that was that's one of the albums where I would listen to that on repeat over and over and over again. And there's many albums like that for me where I've just spent a whole month listening to one album, right? Really getting inside of it. And what's the purpose of that? It's sort of like going like, okay, great. I've I've tried the buffet, but I want to get really into this uh <laughs> really into this particular dish. I, I was trying to go somewhere and then I, uh, I felt like I was failing. So I bailed out there at the last second of my analogy. So you get really into this album. You're listening to Hank Mobley. You're, you're really starting to understand how Hank Mobley actually plays, right? And because you're listening to just one album, you're actually starting to get familiar with the solos, right? You might start being able to sing some of the solos, or at least you're able to like hear certain parts and know what they're going to play, right? So again, we're getting deeper. We're starting to actually hear the music in our head even more. And then we can go deeper than that, right? We can go to, I'm listening to just this one song and I'm really listening to this song a lot, right? Let's just say you really love, uh, uh, let's see, let's go with the same album. Remember, there's the tune Remember on Soul Station, on Hake Mobley Soul Station. So you're like, I really love that song. So I'm just going to listen to Remember. And you're, you're listening to that song all the time. Maybe not exclusively, but all the time. And then pretty soon, because you're just simply listening to it so many times, you can start singing all, sing all the solos, right? And then a level deeper from this is like, hey, I want to I know a solo so well that I'm just going to loop a solo, right? And that's all you do is you listen to just that solo. So I did this once um, with uh, John Coltrane's solo on My Shining Hour. I, I looped just that solo and essentially just walked around everywhere listening to it, right? Like everywhere I went, that was like the exclusive thing I was listening to because I loved that solo so much. I wanted to learn it. I eventually learned the first chorus in all 12 keys, um, that I just wanted to get to know it so well. So I just looped listening to it, right? So that's a lot deeper of listening that we're talking about here. And of course, right, I could sing, if not vocally, at least in my head, that solo. So I knew that language, right? So that's listening, right? So we have to have this if, if we want to be great jazz improvisers. That's why this is the first half of the secret here. Like if you can't hear the music in your head, um, then there's going to be a problem. And so listening is, is the easiest way to go about doing this. And it's really fun to do if you like jazz, which I'm assuming you do if you're listening to this podcast, right? Um, but how else can you start hearing the music in your head? So one thing you can do, and this is something I talk about a lot with my members in our Inner Circle membership, I talk about composing your own solos. So this isn't actually improvising, right? This is just composing your own solos. And uh, you know, composing is slowing the improvisation process down, giving yourself time to think about what you actually want to play or think about music that you can already hear in your head, right? Oh, I've listened to so much Charlie Parker now. Well, the fact that you've listened to so much Charlie Parker now means that if you were to compose your own solo, there's a chance that some of that could rub off that influence. Those sounds could rub off in your composition, right? Wow. What is Charlie Parker playing? Like even without like having again, touched your instrument yet, you can actually hear the way Charlie Parker would play something. All that's really left is to figure out what notes those really are, 
on your instrument, right? That's like the next thing. And so when I talk about composing, I don't necessarily mean notating it, although you can absolutely do that. I really just mean like as you go along, learn your own solo, right? Like just figure out a first four bars of how you would play a solo. Like what would what's the, the way I'd want to start my solo? And then memorize it as you go. And then keep going and like just keep working on a solo till you get to like one chorus, like one chorus of a solo on whatever jazz standard you're working on and want to improve on. And so, yes, not only is this a great way to, you know, practice improvising and getting one step below that level of improvisation, what it actually does more than anything else is it solidifies what you hear in your head, right? It's like, oh yeah, I hear those ideas in my head. I just needed to kind of slow down and figure out what those ideas were and how to play them on my instrument. Like where were those notes, right? And uh, we'll get more into that in a second. But when we compose our own solos, we are internalizing even further ideas that we would want to play because the stuff that's coming from you is so much more likely to naturally come out in your improvisation than the stuff that you're learning from someone else. Like, yes, we need to learn solos by other musicians, right? We need to listen to solos from other musicians, but ultimately we have to make that language our own, right? We have to make all of that language our own. And so the stuff that we're making our own is more likely to come out. This has happened to me all the time where there are certain lines or isms of my playing that always come up in my playing because I figured it out once and it connects with me really well, right? So that is another strategy is composing. That's going to help you further internalize and solidify the music that you can hear in your head, right? So listening, composing, and then I also scratched a little bit on there with the idea of learning solos by ear, right? This is very common advice that's given. Um, and, and essentially, all this is, is you're taking the listening phase of learning a solo, right? You're listening to it, you're getting familiar with it. And then you're actually going through the process of figuring out where the notes are in your instrument, right? Because then you're making a connection there, which again, we're going to talk about in one second, right? So all of this is hearing ideas in your head, being able to hear the music and then internalizing those ideas. And if you've been paying attention here, like yes, composing and learning solos by ear perhaps is a little more complicated, a little bit more work, but really most of it all stems from listening. So this is something that anyone can be doing all the time, even if you don't have a lot of time to practice, right? This is something I hear a lot is I don't have enough time to practice. Well, you can be practicing all the time as long as you're listening to jazz music, right? Whether you're listening to it really deeply, like I talked about, or even if it's just on in the background, you're still getting familiar with the sounds of jazz, right? And so while this this doesn't complete the secret, like this is not going to make you a great jazz improviser by itself, it needs a it needs a it needs a buddy for sure. It is an essential ingredient to becoming a better jazz improviser is just hearing the ideas in your head, okay? All right, so let's go to the second half of the secret here. And the second half of the secret is muscle memory. Muscle memory, right? So what is muscle memory? Muscle memory is when your fingers are automatically moving to create desired sounds, right? And this could be, uh, there's no thinking involved, right? You're not thinking about what notes to play. You're not thinking about how your fingers need to move. They're just moving automatically, 
right? So for example, a scale. Or an arpeggio. Or a pattern. Right, these are just basic ways of muscle memory kicking in for me. I didn't have to think about the scale, didn't have to think about the pattern, didn't have to think of any of that stuff because I've practiced it enough times that my fingers just automatically move to the places that they need to go, right? And so this happens as well, like with certain lines or licks. So like this lick here, it's like a, I, you could call it a pet lick of mine. That's a five to one, right? So I'm not necessarily hearing, right? I, I can hear that in my head, but can't sing it very well, but I can hear it in my head, right? But it's my fingers. My fingers just automatically know where to go, right? And so naturally, when you have muscle memory, you are going to play some of the same ideas over and over again. Like that's going to happen for sure. And that's a good thing. For example, when we say, why does Sonny Rollins sound like Sonny Rollins? It's because he plays a lot of the same things, right? Um, a lot of times we like to think of, of improvisation as like, oh, they're playing original, unique, brand new ideas all the time, right? And yes, that happens because jazz, you're responding to different musical environments continuously, at least playing and improvising at a high level, that's what you're doing, right? But at the same time, the reason it's called the secret to jazz is that that's what's happening for these musicians is that they have all these sounds in their ear. They have great ears. They can hear music in their head, but then they have this muscle memory on their instrument where they're just automatically playing certain things. Right. And then as soon as they want to allow their ear to come in and move in a different direction, that can happen as well. So muscle memory isn't just playing copy and paste licks all the time and piecing things together like a puzzle. It's when your fingers are moving naturally in a certain way. And so this can happen on a more meta level too, right? So, you know, for example, I showed you this pattern, right? Well, because I've practiced that pattern with that scale so many times, what can happen naturally is just... Right? So in a line, I can play not that exact same pattern, but those same kinds of movements can now come about when I'm improvising. So that's why like people like to practice patterns a lot, by the way, is patterns, they aren't necessarily like, oh, I want to play this pattern right? when I'm improvising. It's sort of like, can my fingers move in that intervallic movement? Can they move in that sort of way, right? And the more ways that your fingers can move, the more possibilities and the more muscle memory kicks in to play certain ideas and certain notes, right? So muscle memory, we need to be developing this at all times. So again, the secret to jazz in totality here is when the things that you can hear in your head and muscle memory meet, you can't play great jazz improvisation just by simply hearing great ideas in your head. And you can't play great jazz improvisation just because you have great muscle memory on your instrument. Just because you know uh, you can play licks and patterns and scales. They both have to exist together in order to create great jazz improvisation. 
So let's talk a little bit more about like muscle memory. How can we develop that? So we talked about a few, right? We talked about scales, right? Scales not for improvising, right? But scales just for like, where are the notes on my instrument? How can I move on my instrument? Is there more than one way to play the same scale? Can I play the scale in all 12 keys, right? Because ultimately that's going to be important to have muscle memory in all 12 keys because jazz standards go through multiple different keys sometimes in just one song, right? Or they're based off of different keys. So that's developing muscle memory. Patterns are a good way to go. Make sure you can play your chord tones because chord tones, arpeggios, are the most important notes to be targeting in your jazz improvisation. If you can hear the chord tones in your ear and you can feel them on your instrument, right? Then you're more naturally going to be able to find those notes in your improvisation. Not because you're thinking about it again, but just because you can, it's the, it's the secret to jazz improvisation. Like it's the ear and the muscle memory working together. And naturally you're going to start playing those notes and targeting those notes in your solos, which are going to make the chord changes pop out in your improvisation, right? That's good. That's what we want. Okay, so patterns and and scales and arpeggios, all good things. These are very basic fundamentals, though, that I'm talking about. So again, we talked with the with the learning and hearing music better in your head about composing, and we talked about learning solos by ear. Well, obviously, the part that I didn't really focus on last time was the fact that you're actually having to learn it on your instrument, right? So when you're learning it on your instrument, like what are the best fingerings on your instrument to play these licks and these ideas, right? Find something really comfortable that really like suits you, right? It fits your own way of of playing these lines, of playing this music. When you're composing your solo, find ideas that resonate with the way it feels on your instrument, right? So for me as a guitarist, like guitar is a pretty patternistic instrument, um, and that's a good thing. That's that's one of the advantages of the guitar. There's there's pros and cons, I guess, or advantages and disadvantages to each instrument. But one of the advantages the guitar has is that you can play, it's very patternistic. So in some ways, um, this can be used to your advantage, right? And it should be used to your advantage so that you can actually visualize the way jazz language sounds, right? And feels like the way you move across the fretboard feels a certain way versus another way, right? Um, in our monthly jazz masterminds, it's a live Q and A session we do for our inner circle members. Someone did ask a, a guitar specific question. We have all sorts of instruments in there, by the way, trumpet, bass, saxophone, piano, but got a guitar question. And the guitarist was saying, you know, how do I know where are good fingerings? on my instrument to play because I keep hitting, you know, they're, they're learning one of our etudes and they keep hitting open strings, right? They get down to a certain part of the neck and they hit open strings. Well, the best fingerings for playing music or playing solos is the ones that you find the most comfortable. That's the best fingerings, right? And that's, that's how we're going to develop better muscle memory is when you feel comfortable with where things are laying on your instrument and how you actually go about playing it. So it can be kind of fun actually to nerd out, um, especially if you're a pianist or guitarist. Um, I guess not really as much as if you're a pianist, um, or, uh, a horn player, although this, does come into play as well, but definitely as a guitarist, like you can really nerd out on the best fingering for you to play something or to how the best fingering for you to play a melody. And then also you can like go even further with that and go like, 
how can I play this melody in a completely different area, right? Because then you're really challenging that, again, you're bringing your ear into the equation. It's like, okay, my ear can hear this melody. And that's when you start hearing that the magic of like, I never learned this melody before, but you start being able to do it easily by ear, right? Some people feel challenged by learning stuff by ear and it's very hard to do. And at first it is kind of hard. And that's the reason that is, is because your ear to instrument connection, right? Your, what you're hearing in your head and your muscle memory on your instrument haven't come together enough yet. But the more they come together, the easier it gets where it becomes magical. You can hear um, the first five notes of a Miles Davis solo and with fewer and fewer amounts of trial and error actually arrive at those notes quicker on your instrument, right? Or literally like you have like you know the melody to a tune and you're just able to sort of figure it out on your instrument just because you can hear it, right? Then it, it starts getting magical. And, and literally once we get to that point, that is when we start creating great jazz improvisation because we're hearing ideas and our our muscle memory on our instrument is good enough that we're able to make those instantaneous connections that are so important for jazz improvisation okay so that's muscle memory and it's super important and a lot of people a lot of times people don't talk about these two together um you know, it, it's great to learn scales. It's great to learn all, all, you know, music theory for jazz improvisation. But if you don't have that along with the things that you're hearing in your head, you're, you're going to always kind of be in the same place in your jazz solos. And if, yeah, you can hear a lot of great ideas in your head, but you haven't really spent a lot of time, you know, developing muscle memory on your instrument, you're always going to be a little bit frustrated with your progress. But if you're constantly working on both of those at once and getting them closer and closer and closer together, that's when your improvisation starts sounding really, really amazing. So my challenge for you is to go out and think of one way that you can improve your ears and one way that you can go and improve your muscle memory. All right. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, hope you learned something new today. I uh, hope you got a lot out of the episode. Uh, if you need help with your jazz playing, then we learn new jazz standards every single month in our Inner Circle membership. We have lots of courses on jazz improvisation, jazz theory, anything you really need for jazz. We have it in our Inner Circle membership. So check out ljsinnercircle.com or in the show notes or wherever you're listening to the podcast, check out the, the description of the show and you'll find a link there. We'd love to have you join us as a member and uh, we have a lot of fun. All right, we're gonna be coming out with another great episode of the podcast coming up next week. So be sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you back then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.